I do believe, as is the order of things in the Word, that knowing of God is the foundation before the other two. It's the rock on which we're then strong, and it's the rock from which we do exploits. If we don't know God, we're either going to be weak and do nothing, or we'll do things in our own strength and carry out dead works. Let's just know God. Be strong and do exploits. But knowing God begins with our, I believe, a gratitude in our heart. It comes out of thanksgiving, and whenever we're together, I think that's the first thing. It says that, that we enter his courts with praise. There's a thanksgiving in our heart. And whatever we do, whatever we're doing, we come from a place of thanksgiving to God. So where is now, if we've had 12 weeks, 13 weeks of this, where is our knowledge of him? Where is our knowing? That's my question to you. Do we have still a, what I would term as a Sunday knowledge, which if you're a man, looks something like this? Just a way that we casually encounter one man another, just to acknowledge you, that's all it is. Is that where my knowledge of him? Or do I have a knowledge which is based upon a storm or a circumstance, which I would term metaphorically as a handshake? I just need you right now to release, then I can gain my distance. So is that our form of our knowing God, that it becomes upon, I need something from you, therefore, at that time, I'll need to get to know you? Or is it coming from a sustained place where there's an encounter, a love, a daily connection, something that's there all the time? Because I believe that's what God wants for us. Because our God is a passionate God. He loves us so much. And something of his passion was illustrated to me when I first met Keris. And I'm going to read to you um, the first letter I ever wrote to Keris and her response. So this is a long time ago. For those of you who don't know, before the internet, we used to have to write on bits of paper. Not slates, I'm, I'm younger than that, but we wrote on bits of paper. So here we go. At the moment, I'm sitting on my bed looking into the garden. The sun is setting and it's quiet. What a sloppy beginning. We arrived safely, but we got lost due to either Dave's lack of ability, that was the chap who was with me, to read a map, or Sharon, she was a girl in the car, lack of memory. However, we arrived only three quarters of an hour late. I then said, thank you for coming down Tuesday to see me. It was a great day, although it was awkward to start with. However, I enjoyed myself and got to know you better. I've been thinking a lot about you over the, fast few, over the last few days, and of the immediate future. It's now time to be totally straight with you. Although I've only seen you a few times, I've begun to get to know you, and as you will no doubt have been told or guessed, I like you and being with you. At the moment, I'm finding out what I should do. I would like to get to know you better and go out, but at the moment, I don't know if that is the wisest thing to do. I don't even know if you feel the same. If you did, it might be better to wait until we know each other better or until the end of the team. I would like to get to know you better and if anything went well, then go out in the near future. What do you think? This letter may surprise you. I hope not, but I felt it best to be straight and honest with you right from the start. God bless, much love, Tim. <laughs> I wanted to get to know her. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Particularly, I spelled her name wrong at the top of the letter as well. So, Keris, I've received the letter, um, picked it up, immediately ran off to her room, very excited. And this is where I use preacher's license. And her dad said, calm down in your response. So he knew what a passionate person she was. Now, I'm going to have to try and read this in the light. This is, this is Keris's original letter here. Thank you for being straight with me. I, and I'm going to read it how it was written so you get the full enunciation, okay? Thank you for being straight with me. I really like you a lot. And I've been thinking of you only for more than a few days, to be honest. I like being with you even though it's only been a couple of times. And I haven't felt like this with anyone else before. I hope that's not too sloppy. So yes, I definitely feel the same. I would like to get to know you. Hey, we're on the same page. And hopefully we would eventually be going out. I really want you to do well on the GO team, and that was something that I was involved with, um, and accomplish what you set out. I don't know if going out would hinder anything. In other words, Tim, it's up to you. If you think we should wait until the end of the team, I will. Neither of us thought that, but that's what we said on the letter. On my part, I'm willing to wait if that's what it means. Please do what you think is right and maybe talk it over with somebody else. I like you a lot. I'm missing you. Please continue to be straight with me. Lots of love. Keris. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> so that was something of my half-hearted attempt at stumbling over words to gently be careful with my own heart of expressing what I really felt. Keris was just, I know what I feel. <laughs> there it is. Take it or leave it. And that's something the way God is with us. We might come to him a little bit, a little bit cautious, a little bit not too sure about this, but God just says, I love you, grabs us, pulls us in right away, no doubt. He takes the initiative all the time. He took the initiative with creation, he took the initiative with redemption, and he took the initia initiative with restoration. God is an initiator. And our response to him, though, is just one of thanksgiving. That's all he's looking for. Thank you, thank you. God, let me have encounters with you, but thank you. He's a God of passion. That's what he is. And he is more passionate about spending time with me than sometimes I am with him. But his passion never changes. It never falters in any way. It is totally and utterly there at all times, available at all times, in spite of everything. God just loves me. He loves you. He loves us. He's passionate about us. And one of the things that I've just been aware of more increasingly now is that he is the God of the present and of the now. I know Dan's talked about us as individuals, that God will say to him, where are you? Where are you, Dan? Where are you, Tim? He's, he's God about the present. He knows everything about me, but yet his desire is to know me daily because he wants to know the Tim of today. Tim, where are you at today? What is it that we're doing today? Where is it now? We don't need to go through a whole list of what went on before or, or necessarily what's ahead, but God is, where are you now? Son, I love being with you. Daughter, I love being with you right now. 
That's what he's all about. But he never forces himself. He never forces himself upon us. He's never there, but it, trying to make his way in. But he's there just saying, I'm here, are you? Where are you? Where are you? The God of the now. He chooses to remember no more my past. He declares my future. But it's this moment, this present time, is what he lives in. He's the God of the now. He's no regrets. His answer is, where are you today? In Hebrews, it's Hebrews 3, I think it is. It says, today, if you hear his heart, if you hear him, don't harden your heart. And my response is, God, you're here today. Here am I today. Everything that he asks or suggests of us is for our benefit. That's what, I, that's what I've found on something. We, we've, we've been through time of prayer, time of uh, fasting, whatever things God's caused us or called us to be is actually just for our benefit. It's not for his. He just loves spending time with us and he knows things that will benefit us. God's heart to us is just to give us, give us, encourage us, encourage us and draw us. Everything's for our benefit. And the only time we get into exchanges, you just have a look at the spiritual exchange that happens. We get beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, so that God may display who he is through us. That's his reason. And that's the exchange we have. So sometimes I may wonder, what am I giving up? Actually, all I'm giving up is stuff that I don't really need anyway. It's stuff that is not part of me. It's not stuff that God wants for me to have. He just wants to put blessings, joy. Everything that he has from him is good. He's a wonderful God. And what he has asked, or what we, one of the challenges for us, is to be a people of perseverance. But just as what Dan said at the beginning... We're not alone to slog it out because perseverance can have the attention of, oh, I'm having to work at this. That's not what it is. But we're a group of people together. God has joined us with people in Hebrews 12. That's what it says. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything and hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Just what Dan mentioned, this is a time for us to be pursuing God but persevering together because it's through the encouragement of one another that we can pursue things and keep going because not only do we have a cloud of witnesses that are stirring us on saying, keep going, go for the word, do what I've called you to do, but we're joined together as a group of people so together we can be there responding to one another, encouraging one another. Perseverance brings about strength and breakthrough in challenges. And therefore, if we know our God and be persevering, God will be strong through us and we will do the exploits in his strength that he's called us to be. But perseverance brings about a depth. It brings about a growth, which means when we're faced with situations which would be challenging, our resolve and our pursuit and our perseverance through it comes from a steadfastness in knowing our God and being there joined to one another. 
Perseverance, something that I know that is close to God's heart. If you remember, there's a uh, story in the Old Testament about um, one of the kings that Elisha goes to see, and he talks to him about firing out an arrow. And then he says to him, get some arrows out of your quiver and strike them on the ground. So that's Elisha's instruction um, to the king. And the king took them out and struck them on the ground three times. And Elisha says, oh, why did you do that? You should have done it five or six times. Because, he says, you will not only have now victory over your enemies three times. But if he'd have struck it five or six, he would have had complete victory. And there's something in God's heart which we take a hold of and say, God, we're going to be persevering through. Not that it's a huge, great big battle. I don't want to um, in any way imply that. But is it a matter of a steadfastness, a resolve that says, God, this is where we're going. This is where we're going together. Whatever opposition we face, we face with you. We face with one another. We will persevere. We will press through. God pursues us again in a community together. That's his heart. In John 13, it says, So now I give you a new commandment to love each other, just as I have loved you. For your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. You see, it's important how I see God and how he thinks of me because how he thinks of me and how I see him thinking of me will determine how I think of you. Because if I know that God has a worth in me and God loves me and God accepts me for the way I am but is there to encourage me, it will influence me in how I think of you. Think of you as somebody, you're somebody who God loves. You're somebody who God encourages. Who, you're somebody who God spends time with. And that influences then in doing things for another. It, it caters for difficult times because, let's face it, we are different. <laughs> we have our differences, and some of those differences rub off. And it's not that we ignore those, but when we see people through God's eyes, it puts those things to right. Loving one another and being connected it is important, I believe, for us during this time to stay connected to one another. This is a challenge that particularly Keris and I face, just in hopping from one side to the other, is to maintain a connection with people because we land, we're there for a bit of time and then go off. But it's vital for us to be connected. In Hebrews 10 and 23, it says, so now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others, to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. So God's there instruction to us is continue to meet together. And it doesn't need to be a formal setting for us. It can just be inviting people out. It can just be picking up the phone. It can just be, as we get with the Stoltzes, they just walk over our back, back garden and knock on the door. And that's fantastic because it's life. It's really happening. It doesn't have to be a prearranged thing. It's, it, it's amazing, isn't it, that we are the most connected generation with technology, but yet we're the most disconnected in relationship. The average person spends 135 minutes on social media a day over two hours. And it's not in any way that I think that social media is wrong. It's fantastic for connecting people, for families and things like that. It's great. But the most, most important thing is that mustn't replace 
face-to-face relationship encounter. Because that's what God wants with us, and that's how we should be with one another. It's interesting, isn't it? I would rather show you a meal on Pinterest than have one with you. Whereas now, I want you to be seeing the meal with me that we're eating together, rather than seeing what you ate and what I missed. So it's something that, uh, that's just interesting there. And God's original plan for us in Genesis, the only one thing that said it wasn't good was the fact that man was alone. Everything else God did was good. But being alone, he said, that's not good. And so he put us with a companion. That's why Eve was there. And he's put us among a body of people together because that is good. If we're to be a radical and relevant church that empowers people to express God's heart, fulfill their dreams and change the world, then we need to be a relevant church where relationship and real connection happens because that is an expression of God's heart. So I'd encourage you, in whether there be things that are on that have been arranged properly or things that haven't been arranged, do it yourself. If we want a friendly church, it's made up of friendly people who are friends to other people. If we want a generous church, it's made out of people who are generous in their giving with one another, with their time. And whatever it is that you see that could be lacking, I don't think there's anything lacking here. It's an amazing church. You're an amazing bunch of people. But if there is something that you identify as lacking, I'd encourage you, become whatever that lack was. That's it. See the need, take the lead. So don't be isolated. Be joined together with one another and let us be joined together with God. And so just as we've come to the end of this, this time, what I would, my challenge to us would be, what is the one thing, we've had 12 weeks, 13 weeks, what is the one thing that we believe for us as individual, God has said to us that we need to take on board? Because we can hear a lot of word, good word. We can hear a lot of encouragement, great encouragement, But the sole purpose of this is to be changed, to become somebody who knows God. That's our reason, because of us being strong and of us doing exploits. So take the time I would over this next week. What is the one thing, God, that you've spoken to me that I can take a hold of, that I can persevere, that I can pursue, that I can maybe hold accountable one another? Accountability is not a heavy issue. It's just saying, hey... Just, in, just ask me on this. How's it going? How's it going with this? Because again, that's being connected with one another. I have an interest in you. You have an interest in me because this is what I believe God has said to me. Whatever that one thing is, that we commit that to God to work through, see it transform our lives, see it be something that we've not had before and we'll be ready to be then going on, to be strong and to do exploits. Thank you. Amen. Come on.